part one chapter six of garcia marino by augustine birth this LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by maria therese the avenger eighteen forty seven to eighteen forty nine general flores had quitted ecuador humiliated but not resigned after a time he determined to equip a body of mercenary troops and try and reconquer the country it was in the year eighteen forty six he was at the Spanish court, where his noble presence and his clever conversation captivated not only the princes, but Queen Christina herself. After a review where he was an honored guest, she offered to cooperate in this adventurous expedition. Ten millions were borrowed to equip the fleet, and recruit a body of volunteers, on condition that a Spanish prince should be appointed, whose prime minister Flores undertook to be. In spite of all the trouble taken to prevent these preparations being known in Ecuador, Rocker heard of them. The papers also announced that Flores had equipped it four men of war, had enrolled five hundred men in Ireland, besides a large number of Spanish officers and men, and that he was about to set sail for Guayaquil. This intelligence alarmed not only the people of Ecuador, but the whole of the South American continent, which had only so lately thrown off the Spanish yoke. Whilst men were lamenting, however, Garcia Moreno felt that the thing to do was to act promptly and resolutely, to sacrifice all party spirit or difference of opinion, and unite as one man in defense of the country. He even had the generosity to offer his services to President Rocca, who was only too thankful to accept them. As it would have been impossible to resist so formidable a foreign invasion without a levy and mass of the whole population, Garcia Moreno started a new paper which he called The Avenger, in which he reproached the people for their lethargy, and pointed out the double danger they had to face, the invasion from without and the traitors within their gates, for Flores had a number of partisans, among the shopkeepers and the public functionaries whom he had enriched, and who only waited for his return to indulge once more in nefarious speculations, and to fatten themselves on the ruin of the people. The government did not seem to realize this last danger, and wished to appoint generals who were all more or less devoted to the ex-president. Garcia Moreno exposed their treachery without mercy, and determined to enlist all the American republics in the struggle. There is no doubt, he wrote, that we must fortify Guayaquil, which is the key of our position, but Peru is equally obliged to fortify Caleo and to equip an army to defend Lima. A squadron composed of vessels belonging to the four great republics of the Pacific, stationed in the waters of Guayaquil, will be able to defeat the whole expeditionary force. Let us close our ports to all Spanish vessels, and persuade all the American states to join us in these preventive measures. Then our victory will be secured." This patriotic appeal was met by a corresponding enthusiasm. All the republics united to repulse the common enemy. Peru armed her ships, Chile suspended all commercial relations with Spain, and negotiated an offensive and defensive treaty with Ecuador. The president of New Granada, Tomaso Mosquero, addressed an energetic protest to his people against the sacrilegious profaners of American soil. This patriotic league became so strong and warlike that European diplomatists found themselves compelled to interfere with an expedition which threatened to destroy all commercial relations, not only with Spain, but with England and all the other countries from which Flores had recruited his soldiers. At the very moment when the hostile fleet was about to leave the shores of Great Britain, the leading merchants of the city presented a memorial to Lord Palmerston, imploring him to lay an embargo on its departure, and representing to him the ruin which would ensue from Flores' expedition to the whole of the South American trade. Lord Palmerston, 
at once understood the delicacy of the position stopped the departure of the ships and compelled flores to disband his english and irish troops so that the ex-president found himself compelled to postpone if not relinquish his undertaking this unexpected news filled ecuador with joy but garcia moreno was not so easily reassured do not imagine he exclaimed that flores in spite of this check will give up the idea if he had only twenty men at his disposal he would persevere for he knows that his great strength lies in the bands of traitors which fill our own cities if the government really wishes to annihilate flores's forces let it begin by destroying the enemies within our gates the event proved the truth of his remarks before the year was out a plot was discovered among the florianos to upset the government in favor of their old master the principal conspirators were seized and thrown into prison but the town was in such a state of excitement that garcia moreno was entreated by the president to go and restore order he found the whole population up in arms and the patriots furious with the florianos giving way to the most savage acts of cruelty colonel solar one of the leaders of the insurrection had been stabbed by the soldiers who had been left to guard him while the other prisoners were in hourly expectation of a like fate Garcia Moreno had no sooner appeared among them than he instantly enforced respect for the law. Resolute and energetic, yet calm as a marble statue, he issued his order in a tone which admitted of no reply, and every man felt he must obey. In eight days peace was re-established, and the conspiracy was annihilated. Garcia Moreno returned to Quito, thankful to have been able to render so essential a service to his country, by refusing all recompense, either in the shape of honors or money. He had served Rocca's government in a moment of danger, from purely patriotic motives, but he would accept nothing from men whom he despised as stock-jobbers, who looked upon power merely as a means of enriching themselves at the expense of the people. In 1847, Congress voted an act of amnesty which was to extend to all those who had taken part in the late insurrection. Garcia Moreno again took up his pen to expose the contract made with the enemies of his country, and started a new paper called El Diablo, which lashed the cupidity of the government with pitiless severity. I am neither a ministerialist nor a place-hunter, he wrote, never having chosen to sell myself for money, nor am I a soldier boasting of the blows I have given or received. I am simply the friend of an unfortunate people who have no defenders against the devils who oppress them, and I will fight to the death against those who martyrize and betray them. The clever and sarcastic tone of this paper greatly troubled Rocca and his functionaries, but they continued to take advantage of their position to drain the country of the last farthing, and to reduce it to a state which Garcia Moreno stigmatized as a species of hell, where disorder and confusion reigned supreme and became its normal condition. And yet he did not lose hope. Alongside of these traitors, he exclaimed, there are a body of noble and courageous men ready to sacrifice the last drop of their blood rather than give up their god and their country but these brave souls needed a leader and at this moment where could he be found End of part one chapter six